Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our great guest is Jim Callback, the author of the Jobs to be Done playbook and the head of customer experience at Mural, and we're going to talk about Jobs to be Done. This episode is brought to you by the new season of Wireframe, a podcast by Adobe about how UX can help technology fit into our lives. Hear from designers and design leaders who have built UX and UI experiences for major companies and learn how design impacts your everyday life. To check out the show, just search for Wireframe in your favorite podcast app. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jane. Thanks for having me today. Great to be here. We're excited. Congratulations on on the new book. And uh, can you please tell us more about it and more about yourself, too? Sure. So, yeah, like you said, my name is Jim Callback. I'm the head of customer experience at Mural, one of the leading online whiteboards. But prior to that, I had worked in a lot of design and innovation teams, various companies in various roles. And I got in contact with the topic of jobs to be done in about 2003. And at the time, I was you know, steeped in user-centered thinking and human-centered design. And it really rung true with me, kind of the principles and the foundation of jobs to be done. But the real interesting thing was that it didn't come from the design community, that jobs to be done is a business approach. It's a business framework for innovation and how to think about your markets in in a more macro sense. By that, I mean not just users of an application, but how do you think about how do you think about your markets, but how do you think about your markets in a human-centered way? So it really resonated with me, and I began researching more about jobs to be done over the last 15 years, as well as trying to apply it on the job. So I have a lot of practical experience with the various techniques that are out there. And there is a range of techniques that are out there that I include in the book. But I also started to speak about jobs to be done. And in particular, I had a workshop on jobs to be done for about the past four years or five years or so that I've been conducting. So not only did I have the practical experience and and background in jobs to be done, but I started to understand what questions people had and how to explain jobs to be done. And I took all of that experience and really put it into the book. And like I said, it really points to the work that others have done. So there's, there's almost nothing new in my book in and of itself. In other words, I'm not creating a new technique and, and saying, here, here's the new way to do things. I'm actually recognizing all of the work that people have done over the past three or more decades in jobs to be done. And I wanted to put it together into a manual, a guide of sorts. That's why I call it a playbook, because it recognizes all the great work that other people have done. Um, and positions it as a play or a technique or an activity that you can run that incorporates jobs thinking or jobs to be done perspective. We have had a few people talk here at UI Breakfast about jobs to be done before, and Mm -hmm. we're going to link to the episodes in the show notes. And for me, it has primarily been associated with, with the means of doing customer research of uh, conducting the end interviews a special way. What is jobs to be done for you personally? Um, is it a way of research? Or as you mentioned, it's something bigger, something of a thought process and approach? I think it's both of those things. I think at its core, when you look at the activities and techniques and plays, as I call them, of jobs to be done, it's, it's fundamentally a research and investigation technique. 
It's a way of taking outside feedback. And by outside feedback, I mean the world and people. People are, you know, goal-seeking actors, uh, you know, in behaving in their daily lives. And uh, as an organization, whatever that might be, commercial or non-commercial, we want to provide some service or have some interaction with people as they act in their daily lives. And to do that, you know, businesses define markets and they, they have target value propositions and things like that, that they define. And they so they scope out how they want to approach the market. And what jobs to be done really is, is a link between that outside world, the fuzziness of human desires and emotions and unmet needs. How do we take that fuzziness and for our organization, pass it through a set of filters that provides us more normalized information and by that, I mean, you know, it has a structure and a language and others inside of my organization can then make sense of that outside world. So, you know, it, it really is a sense-making activity, right? As an organization, I want to find my opportunities in the marketplace. And what Jobs to be Done says is that the op- you can find opportunity not from looking at things like demographics, you know, what's my total addressable market or, you know, how much do people earn and how much are they willing to spend on my product? Rather, what are the problems that people have and how can my solution address those problems? And what it does is it makes sense of, of that world, but it does so from a business sense. So it's, I think it's broader than just a research technique because it can be applied to many areas of a business, including sales, marketing, customer success, support, design, development, and even business strategy. Right. So it's not a design discipline. It's a way to look at your whole business from a human centered perspective, which is why I I talk about human centered business. Right. We talk about human centered design, but really you want your whole organization to be thinking human centered and jobs to be done provides a language and a framework for that. Um, I think at the core of it, though, to get back to your question, at the core of it is research. It's an investigative framework where we want to go out and understand the world and then provide, like I said, this normalized feedback back into my organization so that we can make decisions based on that. Let's imagine there is a product person listening to us or a SaaS founder, somebody like that, who would like to adopt the framework and bringing the practices into their daily business. So how would you decompose the best practices into actual steps they can undertake to to try and adopt jobs to be done? Sure. I think there are some core activities that you can do that lay a foundation. And then on that, you can build with jobs techniques or other techniques even as well, too. You can then you know, build out your, your motions that you need around the market and your product and your solution. And I think at, at its core, jobs to be done, like you pointed out correctly, it's, it's a research technique. So the first step, well, the step zero is kind of scoping out your domain and your field and framing, you know, what's your field of inquiry? What's your frame of, of innovation? Where do you want to innovate? And you know you have you have to kind of decide what field are we in, right? In other words, if you're if you're in auto insurance, you don't want to go out in the field and talk to people about how they listen to classical music, right? So you, first thing you need to do is you, you need to you need to frame your 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 field of reference, right? What are we trying to do in terms of where do we want to innovate, and what type of problems do we want to solve for people? And once you do that framing that initial framing, the first next step is research, is talking to people. That there's this bizarre myth out there that jobs to be done is not done with, is done without research. 
And it's absolutely insane because research is core uh, to jobs to be done. And as we just said, jobs to be done is a research method. And the first thing that you really need to do is talk to people about their problems that fit your frame of reference, right? So you want to talk to people about their problems, their goals, their needs. And that's done through qualitative interviews. So, you know, the first thing that I would recommend to a founder or leader of a a SaaS organization or any other organization for that matter is to, well, frame your field of reference and then go out and talk to people and talk to them in a specific way. So with jobs to be done, you're looking for specific things. Uh, You're looking for the who, who's performing the job, uh, what's the job, but you're really looking for the pro, you want to understand job as a process. So a job to be done is not just a task or a goal as an endpoint. It's not just, you know, a checkbox. Okay, I achieved my goal, yes or no. We look at jobs to be done as a process. There's a beginning, a middle, or an end. And there has to be an end, by the way, otherwise it wouldn't be a job to be done. So it really takes a functional kind of view of the world and it says people are people have objectives and they want to get from point A to point B. And we can understand how that process unfolds. So the next thing that I recommend is uh, creating what I call a job map. And a job map is uh, basically a short sketch. Uh, You could say it's a diagram of sorts. It doesn't have to be very rich in information, but it basically maps out the step of getting the job done. And it's not interacting with your product or solution. So jobs to be done is completely independent of your product or solution. So seeing advertisements or deciding to buy your product or using your product and upgrading and contacting customer support, those are not jobs to be done. They're never jobs to be done. That's interacting with your product. What a job map does is it maps out what the person is trying to do independent of your product. So it's it's a very, very, very different view than a customer journey map. It's a map that has nothing to do with your product solution or brand. I would love to hear your advice firsthand on conducting the interviews. And of course, there are many great resources out there. So if you could instead send us to like a famous article or something, that could do the trick. And we would love to hear more about the job map, how to put it together. Sure. Let me take each one of those pieces because I think that's kind of the core is talking to people and then creating a job map. So in talking to people, I mean, I, and I think this is where there's the most overlap with UI, UX, design techniques, user research techniques that people say, wait, isn't this what we're doing? And to some degree, they're right. You're right. It is. And if you look at books like Contextual Design, I think for me is the has the biggest overlap with jobs to be done. You know, talk about contextual inquiry, right? Or, or, you know, qualitative interviewing, like Steve Fortigal talks about in his book, Interviewing Users. There is a lot of overlap in the style of interviewing. So it's it's typically a one-on-one or a two-on-one. And by that, I mean a, a lead researcher and a note taker. So you can be talking with an individual who fits your your frame of reference, by the way. So they in jobs language, they need to be a job performer. So people who are performing the job that you're trying to investigate, and you're going to have one-on-one uh, discussions with them and do hour-long or two-hour-long interviews with them. And you know, so far, if you're in user research, you're like, yeah, that's what I do. And the answer is great, because you got, you got you know, 50% of it, you're already an expert in jobs to be done. I think the difference comes in the things that you're listening for and the things that you're asking about is slightly more specific. It's not rocket science if you've done interviews before, but your frame of reference is you're looking for some specific things. Namely, how does the process of the job you're trying to get done unfold? And you really want to know what those steps are. Again, it has nothing to do with your product, solution, brand. It's not about buying your product. That's not the customer's job. 
buying your product, logging into your product, that's never the customer's job. It's always what they're trying to accomplish by doing that outside of your product or solution. And by listening in that way, what you'll end up doing is, is interviewing in a way that will give you data that you can then generate a job map from. So back to your question about references, I think contextual inquiry and the contextual design book by, you know, Hugh Beyer and, and Holtz Flat is, is a great source of information. Steve Portigal's book on interviewing is a great source of information. And there are a couple of things uh, with inside of the Jobs to be Done canon where you can find out about jobs interviews, uh, particularly a guy named Mike Boysen has a really good set of resources on how to conduct what I call jobs interviews. Which, you know, for people listening, you can think about these as qualitative one-on-one interviews, but with a specific lens around it. And all you really need to know is understand what's that lens, what's your frame of reference. And Mike Boysen has some really good resources there. When do these kind of interviews come in handy? Is it before you have even embarked on your product journey? Because, I mean, you're not doing these in a vacuum. It's always still relevant to a product. Or is it getting your customers on the phone and trying to decompose their existing jobs process with your product or with other products? It's never the latter. It's, in fact, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be your customers. And the last thing you want to do is talk about your product. Uh, you want to talk about you want to talk about products they might use, and yours might be one mm-hmm. of it. It's not product research. We are interviewing users about the problem that they have that they're trying to solve, their job to be done, independent of your product or any other product. Now, like I said, they might talk about things that they use to help them get their jobs done, and that may be your product, but that's not the focus of the interview at all. So the point is, it doesn't have to be your customers. It doesn't have to be, you're not interviewing your market because that's, that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're talking about customers in your customer base that use your product about their job to be done. It's only going to confirm what you already know about you know, your, your market. What you want to do is you want to talk to people who perform that job. That's really the, the main criteria. Uh, and you want to understand that job independent of, independent of any product or solution. I would love to hear some example story from maybe your your own company or your own experience of someone you know, where the round of such research was helpful to someone who does a product, yeah. but not interviewing the customers and at what stage. Right. One of the main outcomes, in my opinion, I think is most helpful is to create what I call the job map. And there are some articles out there about a job map, which is basically a depiction of the process that the person goes through to complete their job. And again, jobs to be done is a framework that has rules for formulating a synthesis rules, let's just say, for taking this outside feedback that you get and formulating it in a very specific way that expunges any reference to technology. Right. So, you know, it, it's not it's not, uh, you know, things like just as an example, you do a keyword search in a database for documents. Right. If that's the insight that I found because I was researching online databases or something like that, I wouldn't say do a keyword search in a database for documents because the word keyword, the word database and the word documents are all technology. What I would say is retrieve content online. That's the job to be done is to retrieve content online. Keyword is a specific means. So we very carefully from this research, we extract the means from the objective and we create a job map that's just a series of steps for the objective. And once you do that, once you have that series of steps for the person's objectives, what you can then do is have conversations 
internally and compare your strategy to that job. You can compare your feature set to that job. You can compare how well you support customers in getting their job done. You can even do quantitative research afterwards, and I'll talk about that later. But there are ways, once you have that backbone of a job map, to start comparing things that are relevant to your business against that job map. And that's the, you know, to answer your question, uh, you know, I've done that. I've done this several times uh, just recently here at Mural as well, too. We created a small job map for, you know, facilitating workshops, essentially, or, or engaging another client in a working session. And we created a job map for that. And then as a team, we then evaluated against that job map, which had no technology written in it. We then evaluated how well we as a solution support users at each stage at each of the steps. And what that did did was gave us a hypothesis around where we needed to uh, improve. And then from that hypothesis, then you can generate a series of activities that you want to try to improve you know, people's abilities in certain areas, and you can have a program of projects then that address that deficiency. So what the activity allowed us to do was to really kind of pinpoint where we thought opportunities for improvement were. So you're using the job map to inform your next steps in the UX process, Correct. put together user flows maybe, or separate features that address those jobs. Correct, but it's not just UX. Like I said, Jobs mm -hmm. Redone is not a design discipline. So we're, I was actually in there with marketing people, business development people, and customer success people as well, too. So just as an example, the customer success manager said, oh, if we're deficient in these two areas, and that's what we found in the job map, we had two big deficient areas, then, then what he could do is do nurturing campaigns And in the webinars and client engagements that he had post-sales, he could highlight those aspects as part of his nurturing campaign as a customer success manager, right? Not a product feature, right? It's, it's, a, it's a customer success motion. The, the business development people could bring and marketing people can then bring highlight that in their language as well, too, on how they can address that or help them help our customers as well, too. So it's a way to identify opportunities that's human-centered but it's not limited to design or UX. Yeah, as, as a SaaS founder myself, I often find that the same exact product might not even be changed at all, but you can completely revamp the way you sell it, the way you market it, and the way you teach your customers to use it? Is it one of those things that can be improved with JTBD? Yeah, absolutely. You know, here at Mural, I had our customer success function, for instance, also our support function here as well too, which are post sales and not, in, not product design. I'm not creating products, but we create experiences. That's how I like to frame it. That, you know, the customer success team, for instance, create a post sales experience that happens outside of the product. And how does that experience align both with our own offering, but also with the problems and the needs that our customers are having as well, too? So if you think about the, even just the word customer success, right? And you, and you know this, Jane, very well, that in SaaS, it's a subscription-based business model where people can cancel and churn on you, right? And we want, therefore, we want people to be successful. And let's look at that word success. What do we mean by the word success? Is success 
buying our product and being able to log in and having, you know, whatever percentage of monthly active users, is that success? Or from a customer standpoint, is success achieving the impact and the desired outcome that they wanted for the reason they bought your tool in the first place? I think it's more of the latter. So as a customer success manager, you have to know what people are trying to achieve. And logging into your product is not what people are trying to achieve. That's what you, that's the roadblock you put up in front of them. They're trying to achieve their goals. Therefore, you know, in a SaaS in a SaaS business, understanding what people are trying to achieve is huge for success. Let's talk examples. And Mural is a wonderful. It is a SaaS business, yeah. so maybe you could uh, give us a little sneak yep. peek behind the curtains. What that job map looks like for for the digital whiteboarding tool that you are. Sure. So I mean, it's we're essentially a collaboration tool, and we're about teams and t- and teamwork. So we have we have a you know kind of a network effect type of tool where people can invite other people and the more people around any one customer who are in in that tool and exposed to Mural as a collaboration tool, the more valuable it is for all of them. So we're we're essentially about teamwork and collaborating together. And we roughly, we frame the main job as solving business problems together online. That's what teams of people are trying to do. Uh, Sorry, visually, I meant to say visually, right? Because that's the big kind of uh, value proposition of Mural. It's not just about team collaboration, it's a team collaboration visually. Right? And it happens to be online. So if we look at that, it basically maps to a, a typical collaboration session that has a before, during, and after. And beforehand, we want to frame the reason why we're collaborating, determine who we're going to invite to the collaboration. We want to set the goals and the scope. We want to pick methods that we're going to that we're going to run together to solve problems. Uh, we want to assemble as a team. And once we're assembled as a team, we want to orient ourselves to the problem. Then we want to do a warm-up activity. We want to engage in activities that help us solve the problems. We want to come to conclusions, uh, synthesize our conclusions, and you know make decisions for next steps assign those next steps to people. And then afterwards, we want to consolidate all the information, make sure that people are following up and eventually integrate that into other documentation, right? That's broadly. And some of those words that I just said, those would be steps in in my job map. So if you imagine a collaboration session before, during, and after, you can broadly look at that. Again, if you and if you just think about that flow that I just described there, that has nothing to do with how do people become aware of Mural, how do they acquire Mural, how do they log into Mural, right? It has nothing to do with that. It's about it's about how do people use Mural to collaborate, but not using language about my tool, our tool, right? And then what that allows us to do, like I just said, is now we can have a conversation about that. We can say what features and functions, what customer success programs and so forth do we have to uh, support people in collaborating and solving problems that work together visually? How can, how can we support them? And like you said, it may not be changing the product. Very often it is, or it could be, let's say. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's your first thing to do. It's like, oh, there's a gap. There's a gap later in the phase, in, in the process. Uh, okay, could we change the product? Yes, but maybe you don't have to. Maybe it's an awareness campaign, like you said. Maybe it's marketing or customer success. Maybe there are other things that you can do without necessarily having the first thing to do is change the product. Maybe there are other things that you can do to help people be successful. Because ultimately, that's the job, right? It's to help people be as successful as possible. Have you had any like enlightening moments that were uncovered by JTBD interviews? Or was it more always about essentially structuring what you already know in the right mindset? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think if you're working in any space, right? So I've been working in online visual collaboration now for a while. Right. And I've observed 
does hundreds of teams probably, you know, collaborating in the way that I just said. Any, you know, even prior coming in the mural, I w- work at Citrix, the makers of GoToMeeting, which is also a collaboration software and has a very similar job map, by the way. That, you know, I've, I've built up a certain sensibility of my understanding of that job as well, too. Plus, I, you know, I do that every day as well myself. So I have my own, my own internal experience executing that job. And I've seen dozens or hundreds of people doing that as well, too. You know, you don't want to say just throw that out the window, right? And yeah, you can, you can you, as a team, you're working in an industry and in a space, you can leverage that internal knowledge that you have. Um, and you might get 80% of the way there, maybe, maybe even 90% of the way there. But you know, it's that last little bit. It's that, it's that last 20% where all the interesting things happen. That those are, by definition, it's that last bit that you don't know about. That's where the innovation opportunity is. So what I like to suggest is that people use their own internal knowledge to build up a base of, of and you could even call it a hypothesis of what you think the job is, right? But then when you do talk to people, you will find things that are unique. You'll find interesting perspectives on the, the steps and the, and the, the outcomes that people want to have that you will, will always find some, some interesting bits. And those are the bits that drive innovation, I believe. From viewer experience working with other products, can frameworks like this dramatically change the direction of the product, maybe help like nail the product market fit, what wasn't possible before? Now that you introduce the framework, suddenly something happens and magically you have more users. So I would love to hear some of those stories if you have any. Yeah, no, there's actually a really great story. And yes, the, the potential is there, but you know, jobs to be done is not going to be a panacea. <laughs> it's not going to be the so-called silver bullet that we talk about. I always like to frame it the other way. It's like, well, what if you don't do this? And what if you don't, you know, apply design thinking? And what if we don't think in a lean way, right? Then you're you're always going to be missing something. So I think it adds to I think it adds to a larger kind of aspiration that organizations have, which is to have that kind of that bang, right? You want you want the impact, right? And I think Jobs to be done adds a unique perspective that can shift. It can shift things that are new on the radar. So you want to, do, to launch a new product line or a new feature and it can help your thinking there. But it can also help you relativize stuff you already have. And there's a really great uh, case study in my book by uh, Jake Mitchell. He's a designer. And at the time he was at CarMax, he's at DocuSign now. But he talks about a feature. So this is online car shopping, right? And he talks about a capability that they had. And it was basically like a 360 view of you know the inside of cars. And they had some cool technology there that allowed for like high definition of views of the inside of the car. And they had this technology there and then they applied it and it didn't really, it didn't really make any difference. And they they used the jobs, jobs to be done mindset on it. And what they found was that what people were actually trying to get done when they viewed the inside of the car was to confirm the feature set that was already listed on text. Right. I'm I'm just generalizing here. It's a, it's a lot more detailed than this. But what what they found was that that technology was relevant for a different job than they originally thought that technology would be helpful for. And then when they positioned it that way, so it was an existing technology that they repositioned by using jobs thinking, it became very relevant and did move those numbers in a way that you mentioned. So they previously, the assumption had been that uh, they wanted to get the look and feel of the car and uh, what they discovered is that people were looking for particular features. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit more to it as well, too. But I know one of the things that they found in their research, again, in their research was, you know, people zooming into a dashboard to see if it had Bluetooth because they wanted to see that little Bluetooth symbol on the dashboard. But it said Bluetooth in the description, but they wanted to see it on the dashboard. You know what I mean? So there was this other behavior, this other job that the technology could address that they hadn't previously seen before they did that research. Right. So, so, you know, going back to your original question, jobs to be done is very, is very much a user research technique. And I think what it does is it accelerates your journey towards product market fit. And I don't know about you, Jane, but, you know, I think as, you know, SaaS companies these days struggling to, you know, maximize retention and reduce churn, I want all the ammunition and all the techniques that I can get to accelerate product market fit and to maintain it and improve it. And I think jobs to be done does do that. It does that in a unique way, though, right? In a unique way, in the sense that it adds a new perspective and it brings in new conversations, right? Because very often, we're very, organizations are very, very good about talking about themselves. They're very, very good about talking about their technology and their product, right? And then we talk about customers in relationship to our product and our technology and our brand, right? We literally see people as consumers. We have a customer journey map. How do people find us? How do people learn about us? How do people acquire us? How do people onboard into us? It's a very me-centric view of the world. When you think about a customer journey map, as an example, it's, it's basically you looking at an individual saying, they could buy my product. How can I get them to buy more of my product and have less friction buying my product, right? What Jobs to be Done says is, no, that person is an individual independently acting in the world with goals and needs and desires on an everyday basis. I want to understand those first. And when you add the two, when you add the discussions about your own product and solution, and then you bring in that perspective, it shifts things and, it, and suddenly you get to different places, right? It might not be all the time and <laughs> depends on your product and your space. You know, in B2B situations, it can be very, very complex because you might have multiple jobs that intersect with dozens of stakeholders and it's hard to just separate that out. In consumer spaces, it tends to be a little bit easier. I think it's a modern it's a modern tool framework that fits into a modern world with modern business challenges that we have. I love the angle that you put to that because as SaaS people, we often fixate on things like, you know, pushing the user through certain user onboarding steps while yeah. some of the users just like fly through them with some right. unknown motivation. And you could just shift the pressure right. off those onboarding steps to something more meaningful, right? That, that's absolutely what I think Jobs to be Done is about. It's about understanding your, your complete offering. And when I say offering, I mean the product, the services around it, the price, the go-to-market motions, all, all of it, the whole offering. It's about understanding your offering from the user's perspective so that it's not just you pushing, it's them pulling. <laughs> that what, what Jobs to be Done does is it creates a pull and the re here, this is this is the theory. The core of the jobs to be done theory is that services, products, and solutions that perform better create a pull that solve a job to be done. That if you can address the job to be done, you'll get that sucking from your market, right? So you you want the market to pull the product into into itself, right? You want people to pull the product into your lives rather than you just pushing all the time, right? And if you create that pull and if you do it the right way, the pushing becomes really really easy. 
it's downhill with the wind in your back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm loving this. When we went into this interview today, I was thinking that we're going to talk about how to do customer interviews in the right way. But we've taken uh -huh. such aspirational approach to this because, as you mentioned, there are plenty of actual manuals and articles on the technique. But now we have the angle how to apply it in the business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we were, if you were to give like three pieces of advice to people who are starting out with JTBD and advice number zero uh, would be to avoid talking yeah. about your product as far as we yeah. learned today. <laughs> What would be the others to those who are starting out? Sure. I would say start small. And that's really why I wrote the book because there, there's been over you know three decades of research and practice on jobs to be done. It's not new. Another myth is that you know jobs to be done is new. It's not. There's been a lot of work done out there, and some of the some of the approaches are full methods that are are fairly heavy and complex. And what I wanted to do was break it down into individual bits, and just give people a place to start because they may not be in a position where they make strategic decisions at a company or even team level, but they have projects, research projects design project, customer success projects, whatever it might be, where you can inject some uh, jobs thinking and you can start small. You can just start with one little technique on one little project. It doesn't have to be all encompassing. You don't have to switch out all of the methods that you currently have and replace it with jobs to be done. And in fact, jobs to be done is very complementary, I think, to a lot of uh, techniques that we're familiar with, uh, like design thinking and agile and lean. It doesn't, it doesn't replace them, but I think it plugs into those very nicely as an upfront research method. Uh, but you can, you You can get started small. You can actually incorporate it in existing projects that you have. So if you are doing some you know, uh, UX research, uh, you can start thinking about how you might do the interviews in a way that could generate a job map. And you're probably already close, closely there, like I suggested. If you can do that type of interviewing, it's just about steering the conversation in a way to talk about their job process and some, some of their outcomes that would allow you to, from that data, you'd be able to generate a job map. So incorporate it, start small. Incorporate it into some of the projects that you have going. Another piece of advice would be to find find a champion or find a you know person, either a client if you're a, a consultant, or internally uh, find find a stakeholder who's you know fairly high up or and wants to do more you know jobs to be done type work in your organization. Is find that person and and buddy up with them because they you know a, high, a higher level stakeholder than you are because they could open up uh, doors for you. And you know, I think I think the the, the third piece of advice I would have is that you know, as a field, jobs to be done continues to expand. We continue to learn more. Uh, new techniques are developing all the time. So I would also say, you know, kind of keep your eyes open for new things that are more or less relevant to you, and don't be afraid to combine things and experiment. I've been talking to people, particularly since the book came out, who reach out to me and say, "Oh, thanks for writing this book. I've been doing X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z are combining things that I never thought could be combined before, but they're doing it in very meaningful and and very innovative ways as well too." So I think, you know, as our business challenges and our world changes, and of course now we have you know pandemic times and what does the new normal look like and what's the future of SaaS and all these big challenges that we're going to have, you know, like constantly evolving and, and thinking about how you can constantly evolve your own methodologies. Something else I would recommend. Thanks so much. This has been super, super helpful. And where can people find you personally and your book online if they want to get it? 
Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jim Callback without a dot, just J-I-M-K-A-L-B-A-C-H. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. I like to connect with people there as well. The book is published by Rosenfeld Media. So if you go to the Rosenfeld Media com website and look up the Jobs to be Done playbook. You'll find it there. Or you could just Google Jobs to be Done playbook and my name and Rosenfeld Media, and you'll go probably go right to the page. And you can uh, find that book there. And you've been also super kind to provide a promo code for our listeners. And that's UI Breakfast JTBD to get 20% off until September 1st. So we appreciate that very much. Yeah, no, no problem. And that, that code is uh, good only on the Rosenfeld Media website. If you, if you buy it directly from the publisher on Amazon, they, they have, they'll have their own price and that code won't be valid there. Yeah, thanks for the tip. Well, thank you for your time again. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, Jim. Yeah, it was great being here. I hope, I hope that was uh, helpful and interesting. I know we just kind of scratched the surface here uh, and I'm always open for further conversations. So I'd, I'd like everybody to uh, pick up the book and let me know what you think about it. 